0: Like the Buffalo Bills.
1: What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English, joined by my co host, Andrew Oguch. We are back. To you on a Tuesday night, following the Bills' 26 to 11 win this past Sunday on Halloween over the Miami Dolphins, a very sloppy game by the Bills seemed like in the first half they were still living in the bye week. Um, All things considered, wins a win. Um, You'll take them any way you can get them. Bills are five and two now on the season, Um, and considering some other things that happened around the league with Derrick Henry, obviously now going out for the year. Um, the bills are in some really good shape now. Uh, Andrew thoughts on the game. Um, and are you breathing a little better than you were probably at halftime of that game on Sunday?
0: Yeah. Um, come halftime, I told you, I was, uh, um, ready to go on a rant and go all scorched earth when we, uh, recorded but they pulled it together all was fine um you know maybe they were just dressing up as the dolphins for the first half uh for the halloween maybe that's what it was but uh that was uh we got the full josh allen experience on sunday um i think that's a good way to to put it right he was all over the place right we got sugar high josh we got bad decision josh we got crisp locked in josh we got put the team on my back angry runs josh we got cocky josh it was he was all over the place on sunday um so thankfully right we got the more favorable versions of him in the second half and right we're not having a different conversation right now but um yeah he was uh he was a bit all over the place uh, but it wasn't just him right like I, the play calls were all over the place the defense was all over the place it was uh not a game you're used to seeing um out of this McDermott team out of uh the, the bye week you know usually they are <clears throat> excuse me usually they are focused in and dialed in and you know, kicking ass and taking names after the bye week. Um, so not what we were expecting, but wins a win. Uh, and uh, we are looking forward to the next game on the schedule.
1: Yeah. And I think obviously playing against the Dolphins helps because if you play this against a Bengals or Ravens, a Colts, even like, obviously this game probably doesn't go um, in our favor, but the bills play the schedule that's in front of them. Like you said, a lot of different versions of Josh early in the game. I mean, right off the bat, he, that first drive, he could have either ran for the first down or if he just makes a nice toss to Diggs, he probably goes for another 30, 40 yards. A um, couple missed opportunities in the passing game. Um, the run game really never got going. Offensive line was a huge issue in the first half. I mean, they kind of calmed it down a little bit in the second. But, I mean, Singletary and Moss couldn't get it going. Outside of Josh's super long 34-yard run, um, he wasn't super effective on the ground. Um, obviously Spencer Brown, not playing, made a huge impact. Um, he oh, yeah. pretty much earned himself a lot of money just because, I mean, without him in there, the offensive line in the first half was getting run over. And I really don't put too much on Singletary and Moss from that aspect. I mean, every time they were getting the ball, they are going one yard and guys were in their face. Um, Feliciano obviously getting hurt now isn't great. Um, hopefully, Spencer Brown is back and we can move Williams back and Bucker stays there. Maybe Cody Ford gets the nod. I didn't think Bucker played terrible, but who knows? Maybe you change it up and just see what happens. Um, big game for Cole Beasley, 10 catches, 110 yards, um, really got things going for the Bills on offense in second half. Um, Stephon Diggs, another really good game. Zach Moss had six catches out of the backfield. I thought it was good that when he wasn't getting the ball going and rushing, they got him involved in the pass game picking up some nice chunks of yardage. And I thought Tommy Sweeney filled in well. I mean, he's not anyone – or he didn't like beat the brakes off the defense or anything, Um, not to the extent that Dawson Knox would, but um, I thought he filled in good. Gabriel Davis had a really good game. Not quite the uh, 100 yards I predicted boldly, but uh, (laughs) four catches for 30 yards and a touchdown, uh, we'll take that um, any given Sunday. The defense, Poyer had another outstanding game. Edmonds and Milano were really bad, I thought, in the first half, but I thought in the second half they really locked in and turned it up. Um, Levi Wallace, um, we'll get to him in a little bit. Good God. Um, Your favorite pa- Yeah. Uh, pass rush, we didn't really get home a ton. Two sacks, but I honestly thought Jerry Hughes got held almost every single play. And Isaiah McKenzie, boy, oh, boy, um, he had a couple bad returns. Uh, The fumble that luckily went back into the end zone for a touchback. Tyler Bass, 57-yarder, obviously great to see, especially in the Buffalo conditions. Um, But, yeah, win's a win no matter how you get it. Kind of another weird week around the NFL. I mean, the Bengals coming off the ass kicking them, the Ravens, they go on the road and lose to uh, the Mike White-led Jets team. Um, So now they're kind of back down to earth. Um, We got the full Carson Wentz experience again. I'm um, against Titans. Titans obviously lose Derrick Henry, so that's going to hurt them um, a ton. But uh, yeah, this is a very weird game. Um, but one thing, and that I texted you about this, I wanted to talk about Stefan Diggs because I didn't see it too much on Twitter. But I feel like every Sunday, it's oh, there's always that one person that irks me um, talking about Stephon Diggs, and he's still a diva. This, that, and the third. Every single time I saw Stefan Diggs on Sunday on the TV was him being the true definition of a captain. Every single time, like there was a play in the second half, Matt Milano blows up a play on the sideline, and Stefan Diggs is like jumping on the sideline, going onto the field and like high-fiving him and hugging him, making a play. I don't know if you noticed, at the end of the half, when I wouldn't say they were getting booed drastically, but there was some boos because obviously they didn't play very good. Stephon Diggs runs towards like the field goal post, stops there, turns around, high fives every single one of his teammates as they're going in the tunnel. They show Josh getting frustrated in the sideline and Stephon Diggs, the first person to go up and calm him down. He's going up and down the sidelines. Tyler Bassett makes field goal. He's the first one to congratulate him. And I just want this whole diva nonsense to stop. He's a great player. He's a bona fide captain on his team. He's a bona fide star. And I just wanted to point that out because he's been doing a great job leadership. And I think it goes unnoticed sometimes.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, He's, he definitely has earned that C on his chest. Um, And he's a huge part of what this team is um, on and off the field. And um, right. His relationship with Josh is clearly unmatched. Um, And uh, yeah, no, you're right. It, It is time that, he gets some more respect, um, in that standpoint. And, uh, you know, people start to recognize, you know, what he really means for the team and to the team more than just on field production. Um, right. It's a true, true leader and true asset to the team doesn't really care what his stats look like. And, and he said that multiple times and, um, you know, it's he clearly shows that week in and week out that he doesn't care. He just wants the team to do well. So. Um, you know that's when you know you've, you've got a good good piece of the team
1: and before we kind of dive into the Jags game is coming week, let's talk about kind of around um, the NFL more specifically the AFC just with some other games this past week obviously some big injuries so already alluded to then we kind of talk about the trade deadline which was today um, over four o'clock the Bills did not make um, and he really moves outside of adding uh, Austin Prohl, another offensive lineman, because Gentry and Fromm went to the COVID list today. Um, but that was pretty much it. Um, as far as the AFC is concerned this past week, um, just going through the schedule quick, uh, Steelers beat the Browns 15-10. to 10. The Steelers have kind of settled back into that gritty, feisty playoff team. Who knows what's going on in Cleveland? Odell Beckham seems to be stirring up some drama there. He's clearly not getting the ball. Baker's not really looking to throw to him. Um, Titans beat the Colts 34-31. Carson Wentz made one of the dumbest throws I think I've ever seen um, to even get that game into overtime. The Jets stunned the Bengals 34-31. Patriots beat the Chargers 27-24 after I was really high on them last week. Um, and then, yeah, the Chiefs come away with a scrappy win, 20-17 to versus the Giants. Um, obviously, the Ravens had a bye week this week, um, so they did not play. So just based off of those games and obviously the Derrick Henry news um, and some other injuries around the AFC, what are your kind of takeaways and where do the Bills kind of maybe stand after everything this past weekend?
0: Yeah, so it was a bizarre week uh, in the NFL, right? And um, I really think – and if you've been on Twitter at all today or yesterday – Um, National media is starting to kind of talk about this, but I really do think the Bills are at the top of the AFC. Um, It's pretty evident um, that they're not going away anytime soon, right? They can still play bad games and win hand over fist. Um, And, I like, yes, the, the Chiefs won. Doesn't feel like they won that game, right? Like, I watched that whole game. Doesn't feel like they won that game at all. Um, Same with the Titans, right? They barely squeaked out a win in overtime against the Colts, and they just lost their entire team in Derrick Henry, right? Him being out six to ten weeks, um, almost, if anything, tanks their um, high-flying hopes that, you know, they had coming up to this week. Colts stink. They're, you know, they're not going to do anything. So it's it's really just the Bills' uh, conference to lose at this point. I mean, it's going to be the Bills and the Ravens um, and and maybe the Chiefs if they figure it out, but I wouldn't bet on it. Um, So, yes, I think the Bills are – Sitting at the top, they're in great shape, right? For the most part, knock on wood, they're really healthy. Um, I still don't think they've played their best football. Uh, And you've heard a couple players say that past few weeks uh, and coaches say that, but it's true. Like, I, I don't think we've seen this team at their best. Um, Right. If you think last year uh, back to the Buccaneers, their coaching staff was saying that, right. They, they just kept getting better and better throughout the year. They still wanted to play more football. They had more football in them. Um, They knew they weren't done. They kept getting better. I think that's what that, what this bills team is this year, right. Um, They haven't shown the league, what they're really capable of, right. We had, you know, the two shutouts, that was a nice little sneak peek of it. Um, But I just they're just going to keep getting better and better and keep putting things together. Um, Dable, I think, needs to do a better job of um, game plan, right? Like um, deciding when they're going to use different plays or schemes. There's a stat I saw on Twitter today. I don't have the exact numbers, so I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of um, – the Bills have, like, one of the worst ratings when it comes to second and long, where they run on second and long almost more than any other team, um, right? And that's – you're shooting yourself in the foot if you don't pass on second and long, right? It's just the way the league is working and offenses are, are trending, like, it just – that's just a fact, right? If, if you – do one thing other you know, than another, it's not going to work out. And it hasn't really, right? Like the running game, while well, it's there and it's a unique style of running game, right? Um, we heard, remember on Sunday, there was a stat that, um, three
1: 200 yard rushers.
0: Yeah. Only, only team in the league to have three 200 rusher yard rushers, right? Josh Devin and Zach. So it's a unique running team. Um, and it works when it's used correctly. And I think Dable's got to figure out how to game plan for them correctly. Because when it's on, it's on. And it's great. But when it's you're trying to go up the middle and nothing's there and you're trying to force things and it's just like it doesn't work. And we saw that on Sunday in the first half. They were struggling. And then they come out and start throwing the ball and, like, moving things around and trying different um, play types. And it's like, oh – look at that. Things happen for you when you try to air it out with one of the best quarterbacks in the league and one of the best wide receiver core in the league. So they need to find a good balance of game plan. Um, defense needs to stay healthy, right? You, you can't Edmonds has to be so it has to stop being wishy-washy and stay focused on his assignments. And right. He, we, we saw it on Sunday. We've seen it in past games where If he's in zone and he's trying to pick up a player coming over the middle, right? Like he's either really slow to go or he's confused on where he's at. Um, And it just seems off and it takes him a while to figure out what's happening. Um, So, but it's just like, it's small stuff. It's nothing big. It's not pull, you know, wave the red flag. We got to rethink things. It's just small things here and there, which is, leads me to the point of this rant is like they're just going to keep getting better right that's things that can be worked out in practice things that are game plan for specific teams i don't think and and maybe it's the fact that they know they've had a pretty easy schedule up to this point right they haven't had to pull anything out of the bag and um get crazy creative um and maybe right come Week 11, when we start that kind of hairy stretch, they will start to pick it up more, and Dable knows that, right? We'll see more sweeps. We finally started to see some sweeps in the red zone, and the red zone offense was starting to get a little bit better and produce a little bit in the red zone. So um, I think there's just the best is still yet to come. We'll see that. Um, and, yeah, I think there's a reason the Bills are Super Bowl favorites and Josh's the MVP favorite through eight weeks. Um, I think we've got an exciting second half of the season to go.
1: Yeah. And I think your point on Dable is correct because I think I'm still of the mindset of, we saw what happened last year in the playoffs. I think if when, when we go there this year, it's going to be different now that this team has been through a full playoff run. We saw when the pass game couldn't get going, we didn't really have that run game. And I still think it is important to keep Moss and Singletary involved in the offense, whether that's running or passing. Um, But I think the difference as far as what Dable needs to consider is I feel like on Sunday they were trying to just establish the run to get the run going. And then we saw them pass and then Josh had a couple long carries and Singletary broke one carry away. It's almost like we need to pass the ball to open up the run, not run the ball to open up the pass. Like you have one of the best quarterbacks, like you said, in the league, the more and more you're throwing it and getting the ball to Beasley and Diggs and Sanders, and you're incorporating McKenzie and Davis um, and Sweeney and Knox and all these guys in the passing game. And then even Moss and Singletary, you, you can catch them off guard with the uh, designed quarterback runs with Josh and the read options with Moss and Singletary, and they can break seven, eight, 15 yard runs. Um, like you said, I think it's just finding that unique combination. And it's kind of weird because I thought Edmonds this year has gotten a ton better as far as, he reads the play so well on a run where he fills the gap and makes the play. But like you said, on passing downs and in zone, he seems like he's still a step behind. Um, so it's interesting to see if maybe he can develop that as the year progresses. Because um, we saw, you know, Devin White kind of make that jump for the Buccaneers towards the later end of last year. Maybe once the Bills hit that late stretch, that's something we're going to see. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully, that starts to click the next few weeks. The Bills obviously still have an easier schedule hopefully the offense can get cleaned up. Um, So the trade deadline was today. Mm The Bills make no moves. There were a few rumors out there. I'll kind of just throw them out and get your kind of opinions on them. We can go back and forth. So the first one that Peter Schrager reported on Good Morning Football was before Von Miller got traded to the Rams yesterday, Um, The Bills were one of the other teams, along with the Cowboys, who were in on Von Miller, but obviously didn't get that deal done. Uh, Ryan Talbot, uh, I forgot what podcast he hosts, great follow on Bill's Twitter. He thinks more than likely it's probably because, obviously, they don't want to trade him to another AFC team, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're out on him. He goes to the Rams. And then this morning, apparently the Bills were very close to a deal of moving Mitch Trubisky to the Washington football team. That deal ultimately never gets done. Um, You and me went back and forth on that um, a little bit this morning on the idea of just trading him in general. Obviously the bills don't make any upgrades on offensive line, defensive line, or cornerback Um, running back for that matter. I know some people are throwing that out there as well. Um, So your thoughts on Von Miller and uh, Trubisky, potential trades that were kind of thrown around there, and then maybe were you surprised that the Bills didn't make a move, or maybe what move you would have wished they could have done um, to maybe upgrade a position in particular? Yeah. Um,
0: I think trading Mitch would have been a huge mistake. Um, I didn't like any part of those rumors. Um, I I just think he is – the way quarterbacks and players have been getting hurt this year, right, key players have been getting hurt, you don't want to risk giving up the best backup in the league, right? Like, especially with the run we're on, the projection we're on right now, right? Like, I just don't think anything, anything is worth giving that up. I don't care if it's a first-round pick. Uh, you two seconds whatever I, I don't think it I don't think it was worth it there's nothing worth it to me to giving up that security blanket that um, resource for Josh I just I, I don't think you mess with it um, so I'm glad the deal didn't get done I'm glad it didn't go through because um, I thought that in my opinion, I thought that would have been a big mistake um, to give up Mitch Trubisky, right? Like I, I know he's on a one-year deal. He's going to be a free agent. Hopefully maybe they'll re-sign him. I doubt it. He'll probably go off and um, go to one of these teams who are struggling quarterback wise. Like maybe he does go sign with Washington in the off season. Um, But I just, I, where we're at this year, I just, I don't think you mess with anything. Um, Von Miller would have been a cool ad. Um, I think it would have been a huge help for Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, right? A nice vet presence, kind of help close the gap on, um, you know, where they're at, help, you know, maybe shore up the pass rush or a lot. And um, that would have been nice, but same argument I just made, right? Like what would, what would that have cost us, right? If it would have cost us a key player, who, right, you risk messing with chemistry or whatever. I don't think it's worth it. Like, I I don't think there's anything out there that's worth messing up what we have going right now. Um, Maybe, right, Kyle Fuller I know is out there being shopped. I know you were really high on bringing him in. You cannot stand our secondary, which I'm with you. It's definitely the weakest part. I've said that week in and week out. Um, so it would have been nice to bring some, you know, someone in to kind of help shore that up, but I'm okay. They didn't make moves. Um, right. I'm in the camp of in McBean. We trust, right. I trust them to do what's right. Um, they don't make moves on trade deadline. Very rarely make trades in general besides Stefan. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm fine with them not doing anything. Um, and uh, I I mean, I, I said this earlier in the year just before the season started, right? When um, the roster was set, they didn't make any additions. They didn't make any changes. They were happy with the 53 guys and, you know, practice squad that they have. and They've got full trust and belief in this roster that they put together. So that's got to give you confidence that hey we don't need to do anything to this we don't need to do any additions or subtractions we've got 53 guys who are going to give us the best chance to win a Super Bowl and I'm behind that 100 percent and I think they do I think this roster gives us the best chance we've had in 20 30 years to win a Super Bowl get to the Super Bowl so
1: And I agree with pretty much all of your points, but because we're a podcast, I'm going to play devil's advocate (laughs) on all of them. Um, Von Miller, really nothing to add there. Would have been a nice fit. Obviously you want to shore up the pass rush that hasn't been getting um, as home as much lately. Like you said, good guy to have around Edmonds, Milano, even around a guy like Gregor Rousseau, Would I be willing to give up what the Rams did in a second, third round prick? Probably not. Also the Rams just do not care about picks at all. That defense (laughs) is loaded they are probably my pick to still come out of the NFC, just like they were at the beginning of the year. Um, yep. Kyle Fuller was someone that I was been high on. His snap count has been down with the Broncos. He hasn't been playing with them. Um, I thought the way that Denver dealt Von Miller, the amount of salary cap that they were eating of it. If you were able to get him for a third or fourth round pick, I thought it was definitely worth a look. Who knows? Maybe they'll still buy him out or maybe they'll release him. Whatever we saw Deshaun Jackson got released by or waived by the Rams today. Players like that could always fall out. And then maybe you can get some of those guys sign because you're a Super Bowl contending team. Um, my biggest issue with them not going after a cornerback specifically is with Levi Wallace, because every week it's something with him. He was awful on Sunday was getting picked apart left and right by Devonte Parker, who's the number two on most teams in the NFL. When you get to the playoffs and you have to go up against these three wide receiver sets, like, if you go to the super bowl and you're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you're going up against Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Scotty Miller and Antonio Brown, or you go against the Rams and Cooper cup and Robert Woods um, and whatever receivers they have. I mean, Higby at tight end. Levi Wallace is a huge liability. And the reason why I'm even more mad is because he's struggling so much, and they're not even let Dane Jackson touch the field. Like there, apparently, there is that much of a gap between Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson that he's not even seeing the field. It'd be a different story if they were getting 50-50 snaps, they were going back and forth, like they were battling it out, even switching every other possession. Whoever's out there and has got the hot hand, he's shutting guys down. That's the guy we're going to run with. But every single week, Levi Wallace gets torched at least once, twice a game. Every week he has a play where he doesn't turn his head. And if he turns his head, it's either an interception or a pass breakup. His one to two big plays every three games is not worth having him out there and making mistakes all over the place. And obviously, Trey White had an awesome game Sunday. Player and Hyde are the best safeties in the NFL. They kind of make up for that, and maybe that's why the Bills are so confident in that maybe if Levi can just put a stretch of three to four games you know, together that it's going to work. But if Dane Jackson can't touch the field, it's very concerning to me that if Levi Wallace does go down then, okay, well, Dane Jackson wasn't even going in when Levi Wallace was struggling. So if Levi Wallace goes down, you're even more screwed. So that was kind of my biggest issue with that. Like you said, I trust in Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Who knows what's going to happen? We do have Cam Lewis on the practice squad who filled in. He's more of a slot corner. Maybe he's a guy that comes up and plays. Um, On the Trubisky thing, I agree. I wouldn't want to trade him um, for the reasons that you pointed out. If, and, we don't know what the offer was from Washington. My assumption is it probably wasn't a first round pick. And if it wasn't a first round pick, I would be handing, hanging up the phone. The only reason I would say a first round pick, depending on what it was like, if the saints are calling you, I'm still not doing it because it's a pick in the, you know, 24, 25 range compared to if a team, like, I don't know, the jets are dumb enough to call you and they want to look at Mitch and they'll give you a first round pick or a team like, uh, Trying to think of some other teams that have like a lot of first round picks, like the Colt, yeah, the Eagle. Giants, Eagles, whoever one of those teams calls. I understand why you have the point that you do. And like I said, I agree from the Devils' advocate side. Obviously, right now is your Super Bowl window. If and if Josh was to get hurt and Mitch comes in. Do I think the Bills have a chance to still win the Super Bowl? Yes. Do I feel great about it? Not as much. Um, and like, I, like you pointed out, being on a one-year free agent deal in the potential of if it ended up being a top 15 pick next year and you're in this window um with Josh that you like next year the Bills are going to be wanting to like reap like your goal next year is to repeat hopefully as Super Bowl champions and adding a player of like a Greg Russo caliber again next year having like a second first round pick obviously is a very enticing thing with the roster you have you can obviously control some salary cap but I again agree if Josh was to go down again knock on wood um Mitch is the top backup in the league um, obviously it would be a great thing to have. So I'm like, like you are, I'm glad they didn't make the move, but just for devil's sake, I understand why some people um, would want to make it, but we're living in the present right now. And this is the team that's going to probably get us to the super bowl. Again, my concerns are still there with Levi Walsh just based on his play this year. And the depth obviously isn't good enough. That is even warranting him getting benched. I mean, we saw it last year with, Taron Johnson, who's now one of the best slot corners in the league where he got benched for Cam Lewis and Cam Lewis gets hurt. And then Teron Johnson's all of a sudden, you know, back in and he's flying over the field. And that's one of the things I was hoping to maybe see is maybe, you know, Levi Wallace does get benched for a game or a half or something. And maybe that wakes him up and it motivates him to play better. We'll have to see. I think Tampa Bay is going to be a true unique test for him. When we are playing against Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown, and all these weapons, heck, even the Colts—I mean, with Michael Pittman playing the way he has been, um, Paris Campbell, all those guys—it'll be another test for him. I don't think you're going to see that this week against Jacksonville, but um, those are kind of just my thoughts of why I was a little more upset um, that they didn't go after a cornerback than anything. But at the end of the day, being in McDermott I've pretty much made every right move since they've gotten here. So um we're gonna ride with them and hopefully it's gonna work out good
0: yeah i mean back to your levi i yeah he's not great but like i he gives up some stupid plays but like he hasn't done anything to make you lose a game yet you know like and and maybe dane isn't playing not because dane sucks but maybe they don't think that levi is that bad for the defense right like I trust that they know the talent of their roster enough to make changes when needed. Um, And maybe they just don't see that it's needed. Right. Like, yeah, Levi, like I said, he isn't great. Right. Like he's not another um, Trey white, but I just, I I don't think he's on a level of being a liability yet. Right. If he gets to that point. Right. So like if, if, for some reason, right, he gets torched by Alan Hearns. I don't know if, I don't even know if Alan Hearns still plays for the Jags, but he's no, on but,
1: the bet or he's on the Cowboys, I believe. But uh, your but point stands. <laughs> you get it, right? If yeah. he
0: gets burned by some random by LaVisca
1: Chennault. <laughs> sure. Um
0: next weekend. Maybe, right? Maybe then right two poor games. He's getting burned by number two wide receivers. Um and right it – we have another weird game where a team that shouldn't be in the game is in the game. Um, then maybe look to move it up, but I think it's possible they just don't think he's an issue right now. He's not a liability. Um,
1: so Well, and I think when the scores are the way they are and the defense is only allowing 10 to 15 points a game, it's hard to say that he's exactly. a liability, but at the same time, I'm looking when they play Tennessee and A.J. Browns cooking him all game and then Devontae Parker and I just keep getting flashbacks of the Browns game a few years ago when we go down and score the Browns drive down the field and it's Rashard Higgins catching a game-winning touchdown for us to lose the game on Levi Wallace and I just don't want that scenario to happen come playoff time and we're facing the best of the best in the AFC and we're going up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins or uh Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown or Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman. Like, I just don't want that to happen. And like, maybe it won't. We've already beaten the Chiefs, and he was okay in that game. Um, I'm just worried that this trend is going to continue and hopefully he proves me wrong. Um, But against teams like the Dolphins, like the Jags, like the Colts, these are games he should be able to put some strong games together. And if he's not able to do that, I'm going to be really concerned.
0: Sure. And that's fair. But like the Titans game, we didn't lose the Titans game because AJ Brown scored a touchdown, right? We lost if you want to, right? If you want to play devil's advocate, we lost Josh because slips. Josh slips. We lost because Derek. We didn't Henry, get a holding call, <laughs> right? We didn't get two holding calls, right? We didn't get. We didn't lose because Levi Brown got torched by AJ Brown. Did yeah. it happen? Yeah, but that didn't cost you the game, right? So like, no, and I hear he's you costing them games. Um, He's not, I don't think he's a liability. He could get there, right? If he, if he, if the first half, if the way he played in the first half on Sunday continued into the second half, then yes, I'd say, all right, where's Dane? Where's Hamlin? But he puts it together. He makes some really good plays when he, you know, when he does have it put together that I don't think he's a liability. Kyle Fuller probably would have been an upgrade, but it didn't happen. Um, but I, I don't think it's time to pull the rip cord
1: on Levi just yet. Um, moving on to the Jags game 5 and 2 Bills at 1 and 6 Jacksonville. I'll be at the game. Uh, bills open as 14 and a half point road favorites. The Jaguars just got slaughtered this past week by the Geno Smith led uh, Seattle Seahawks. Yep. So I'd like to think the Buffalo Bills aren't gonna come out and play the way they did against the Dolphins um in Jacksonville this week. Um, I really think this team poses zero threat. Um, James Robinson might not even play. He got hurt this past week. Who knows if he they're gonna rush him back or not? Um receiver-wise, I mean DJ Charks hurt LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones are their top two receivers. They have. 55 tight ends including buffalo canisius basketball player chris manner shout out to him um other than that their defense stinks like griffin's not going to be able to cover stefan Diggs. um josh allen on josh allen that'll be kind of fun um but other than that like they don't have any they pose zero threat to me in my mind um and i really hope we go down there and beat them by 35 but Any concerns or what are you maybe looking to see, maybe a player that you think is going to stand out in this game?
0: Um, I want to see the defense dominate more. Um, I want to see maybe the defense score a touchdown. Um, I want to see more Cole Beasley. I want to see more Gabe Dave. Um, I think as we get to this second half, it's going to be important to get them going get them touches, um, get them ready to go in case, right. We need them down, um, during the playoff run or, um, in the late games, right. When digs and Manuel Sanders are tired or right. Need, need breaks. Um, it'd be good to get them going, get them on their game. So I want to see that. Um, and I'd like to see the run game kind of get going a little bit more too, right. Like like you said, the Jags defense is not a threat anywhere close to being a threat. You should be able to run all over them. So let's see it, right? Let's get motor and um, Zach Moss, get them those um, those touches, get them back to how they looked the first half of the year uh, in those few games. um, And uh, just have some fun out there. I think the only thing that, is going to work against us is the Manning cast curse, right? Josh was on the Manning cast last night um, for Monday night football and uh, they have apparently established a curse, right? Players who are on the Manning cast one week go on and lose the following week. It has happened every week they've done it. So I think that is the only thing that is working against the bills this week. Um, So hopefully that's not the case. um, But, You never know if uh, they come out like they did the first half of uh, Miami game. It uh, could be a different story, but I don't I don't think that'll happen.
1: I think this could be a really nice game for Isaiah McKenzie to get um, some big return in yardage. Obviously had the muff punt this past week. He's had a few big ones broken off, including a touchdown that got called back. I think maybe he can break one. Um, this week, I also think it'd be nice to get him or Jake Kummerow, um involved in the offense a little more because every single time they put Kumero, Mackenzie Davis and Sweeney out there, it's either a run or a play action like every single time. And there's no really it's really not that hard to stop. So I'd like to see them maybe th- mix things up. I actually did like um, the idea of Dable doing the Beasley play like they did last year, but I just thought the time that they called it was very weird yeah. I like that at a different point in the game, just not at that moment. Um, right. Also, while I have it in front of me, I'm looking at the Jaguars, you know, team stats. Um, they're only averaging 17 points a game. Not great there. Um, and then defensively, you know, they are they have a lot of penalties. Their time of possession is always less than their opponents. Um, they're giving up a ton of rush yards per game. Um, passing yards is one of the worst in the NFL. So hopefully the Bills can, you know, put some points on them. their p- opponents are averaging 29 points per game against them. Um, just averaging 278 plus passing yards, 110 yards on the ground every game. Like nothing to be concerned about, especially with Urban Myers uh, coaching that team. But uh, let's, before we close, let's do a little uh, score prediction. Here, um, let you go first. Um, let's go thirty one thirteen. Thirty one thirteen. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, Screw it. Let's go 34-0. All right. Another shutout. Let's pitch one. I think this would be a game to be a prime. I mean, if James Robinson doesn't play, I mean, they don't... I couldn't even tell you who they're... Maybe Jamal, Jamal Agnew, their backup running back, I think. Something like think, that. Yeah. Um, Marvin Jones and Lavisca Chenault, no tight end. Although this could be the perfect Jacob Hollister gets, like, a touchdown this game just because why not? But yeah, no, I feel I feel good. I feel way better than the Dolphins game um, last week. I said you know had a little bit of feeling of a trap game, and the first half definitely felt like it. But um, we managed to survive five and two. Um, obviously, in good standing in the AFC. Good schedule coming up. Um, any final thoughts before we close the show?
0: So the record for most shutouts in a season, right in the Super Bowl era, uh, era, is five um from the pittsburgh steelers in 1976 do we think the bills can put together three more shutouts
1: probably Mm, no no.
0: jags jets
1: jets (laughs) maybe i don't know michael white might be better than zach wilson
0: (laughs) true that's true um no no other thoughts i The these few episodes are going to sound very similar (laughs) the next couple weeks, I think, right? The look ahead, yeah, just do your thing, don't get hurt, air it out, get the guys working. And then, yeah, it was a good game. They showed up, blah, blah. blah. So, uh, a couple more weeks of this, stack up those wins and uh, get ready for a little more challenge uh, in a couple weeks against Indy.
1: Yeah, and I think next week we'll maybe mix some stuff up, maybe add some more um, segments in like we did last week. I thought it was a good one with uh, the former Bills. We wish they could be a part. Maybe we could add some stuff in like that. Talk about the Sabres who play after dark tonight, 1030. Um, Probably by the time I post this podcast, they'll be playing the San Jose Sharks. They play the Kraken this week. They've been playing well. They lost the Kings after having a 2-0 lead, which pretty much sums up the Sabres. But um, overall, still fun to watch this year. So maybe we'll mention them next week, depending. I don't know. The Jack Michael Trigger was kind of fired up this past weekend and then died out very quickly. So, so we'll see. But um, appreciate everyone for tuning in. Uh, if you give, Don't follow us on Instagram. Please give us a follow there at English Encore Podcast. It's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.
0: No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.